Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City, welcome into another episode of the Sack City podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukes. I am Mukes. It is a beautiful September 14th morning here in the city. We are about to kick off really another episode of the Fantasy Drive presented by the Sack City podcast, where we give you guys all the fantasy information you need to win those league championships. Week one is in the books. We are breaking down what transpired uh, in fantasy in week one and taking a look ahead into week two and the waiver wire ads you should have added. And if you didn't, go out and get them. If you didn't, we have Aaron's top five waiver wire additions this week. Aaron, how goes it? You're on mute. Bad start, bad start already. Um, no, I'm good. Um, you know, won in a lot of my leagues, most of my leagues, uh, which is, you know, no surprise there, guys. We, we already know oh, that yeah. was going to happen. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm good. So I'm good. I'm, real, I'm real, feeling really good about week two. Uh, some of my teams are already falling apart, though, with injuries and, um, you know, some some busts that we, we're going to talk about, I'm sure, or some yep. concerning players, which we, are we going to overreact or are we not? You know, week one, everybody tends to, to go a little crazy so um, yeah. we'll get into that but yeah I'm, I'm excited i'm excited so what are you doing in that situation let's let's take the fans through what's going through your mind right now uh obviously you just said your team some of your teams are actually falling apart right now and that may be because of maybe injury or some underperforming players in week one what's your thought process and what's going through your mind right now as you uh try and handle these decisions well i'm big on status quo I tend to stay like this pretty much throughout the entire year. I try not to overreact um, to one week. I try not to overreact to injuries unless it's obviously something that's long-term. When you start talking about losing a player for the season, you obviously got to shift. But you drafted this team two weeks ago. And you can't be that sold or for, foregone on what you thought before um, week one as you are after week one. So there, there's not much. there's not that much that could have happened to really shift what you think a player is going to do, at least in my opinion, uh, maybe a, a few players out there that we might rethink, think, rethink some strategies about, but most of those players are players that 
Mukesiah and Vinny. And uh, we've already told you that we had concern about those players going into week one. So um, it shouldn't really come as too much of a surprise. So I don't, I don't shift too much. I try to stay status quo, try to find value on the waiver wire early in the season. I'm not a big, uh, I used to be, I used to be a guy that goes out and spends all his fat budget on week one. Um, there's a lot of league winners in week one. Usually the best players that come from the waiver wire usually come from the first couple of weeks of the season. A lot of people think you get league winners late, but that's actually not true. Usually the guy that goes out for the season that you pick up in week two, his backup, that's usually the guy that has the most value off the waiver wire for the year. So um, I used to be that way, but now I'm a little bit more patient on players. Um, and I try to find value and, and winning. Um, I want winning late in the season, not necessarily week two, week three, week four. So I feel like a strong enough getting getting to the playoffs, you should be strong enough and then find those league winners for those last four weeks is much more important than the league winner that's in week two. I think the biggest thing that you just said was when just the fact that you you have to stay here just this the, the entire season. You cannot you cannot fluctuate with what the what happened in a certain week. You have to stay, you have to stay like water. You have to stay fluid. You have to stay uh even be water, healed. my friend. Be water. Be what's that from? I don't get the reference. That's Bruce Lee, man. Oh, okay. I, I didn't get the reference. I'm sorry. I didn't I'm, I'm terrible. Um, well, we're gonna get into those waiver wire editions in a little bit to help you guys uh win the next week and hopefully win in the future. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to remind everyone to please follow us on all of our social media platforms at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Tickety Talk. We've got the best social media out in the world. And uh we're okay. right now. There it is. Uh, and follow it now at Sack City Pod. Aaron, do you want to do a, a an ad read or would you like to head into a commercial break before we get into our uh, nah, into our over? Okay. Let, let, AJ, get... let AJ represent. This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step. Using coconut water, green tea, and aloe, this non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Let's get into our week one reactions here. This was a, it was a fun fantasy week in terms of... Uh, the production, I I also was I was four four and three this week uh, in terms of all my fantasy leagues four and three. So when you start off with a winning record in most of your leagues, that's that's good, especially in the sack league where I uh, I started zero and four last year and I was able to get a big win this week over a team that actually wasn't drafted. Uh, it was auto drafted um, by Dylan. Um, I, mean, I was able to get Dylan, the win you, though. You would have won either way. I did. I lost to him once last year, so I, that I needed to get that I needed to get the monkey off my back this year, get the dub. Um, but it was a good week of fantasy for me, Aaron, what were your reactions as a whole to the fantasy performances that we saw in week one? Yeah. Um, most of my reactions aren't again, <clears throat> excuse me, um, really out of the ordinary. It's running the lack of running back depth, um, which I believe we have lamented a number of times. I keep telling people this, like you have to draft your running backs or you're not going to have any. Um, if you look at the running back numbers from from week one, um, I believe there weren't a whole lot. There was not a whole lot there from the running back position um, outside of the top what, 10, 12 guys. Um, it takes a huge, like a, a pretty big drop off. Um, you, you got guys in there that weren't drafted and like Jamal Williams had 
bigger days. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still a little sick, by the way. You good? Uh, you good. Yeah, but but for the most part, you start getting into the range of those ten to fifteen pointers. No real studs at the top of the at the top of the board there. After you get some of those big guys out of the way, so um, running backs were big. We had three running backs that I thought really shit the bed. It was um, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously with Dallas. They they just didn't use him. Um, Najee Harris did not have a great day. Uh, Alvin Kamara did not have a great day, and and then. Christian McCaffrey was in the middle, but that was because of late he got some things going himself. Um, but overall, there was three backs that I thought were rate, rated high, but did, really didn't get the opportunity to get work. Um, so disappointing in some of the usage, but it goes to show you this is a passing league. Wide receivers are a lot easier to find. Um, so make sure you're, you're, you're set at running back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this week and I, I get it. Like you don't want to go into, you don't want to go into week one and willing to risk it. Like you don't want to risk it on those guys like, like James Robinson and um, some of the newer faces and the, and the new places that we talked about. And I think after this week, my reaction to everything is studs will be studs. And I know, like, I know something like you just mentioned, like Zeke and the, the, those studs will be studs. Um, but the later round guys like that you said you couldn't try like you had to wait and see like it's it and i guess i'm more specifically talking about james robinson because i i think that like this week is the proving week i'm a little concerned though and now that's kind of what we're going to get into is our reactions and overreactions to certain things guys like Devonte smith and ezekiel elliott and everyone I've seen a lot of people freak out over what to do, especially with a player like Devonte Smith, who I want to talk about um, beforehand uh, as we kick this off um, zero points in this first week. Now, AJ Brown, the number one wide receiver, probably uh, what it seems to be in Philadelphia. Uh, let's start off with Devonte Smith and the overreaction. Is it, is it an overreaction to say, Oh shit, we have to worry about Devonte Smith. Yeah, it's definitely overreaction. Um, I think every most reactions of week one are going to be overreactions, positive or negative. Um, Devontae Smith's going to be fine. And what, what did you really expect from Devontae Smith this year? That's really what you have to look at. Um, I think we all knew he was kind of going to take a little bit of a backseat to A.J. Brown. I think we all think A.J. Brown's a more talented guy, uh, bigger body, just uh, probably a more fit to be an NFL receiver. So I think we knew he was going to be the wide receiver two on his team. He did get four targets. It's not like they didn't look at him. He got four targets. They just couldn't connect. Jalen Hurts was inaccurate at times. Um, I don't think this is really indicative of what we're going to get from Devontae Smith the whole year. He's not going to get zero points every game. So this is the zero this is, that you're going to get from a Devontae Smith. It's the worst game he's going to have, right? So when you when you spent a draft pick on Devontae Smith, you don't get to overreact right now. You can't do it. You can't. Overreaction would mean one of two things. You either find a trade partner or which is going to be, you're not going to get value or you drop them. And I'm telling you right now, don't drop them. Like it, that, it, you're, you're definitely overreacting if you're dropping them. So I think you just stay the status quo. You just say, Oh, well, you know what? He sucked. But I think people, <clears throat> I think the zero is what's bothering people, but would it have been better if it was two catches for five yards and it was 2.5. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know what would have made it better that you wouldn't have overreacted if it was still a bad game. And there's been a lot of players that had bad games this week. Are you thinking the same thing about Allen Robinson? Are you thinking the same thing about Adam Thielen? Are you thinking the same thing about those players that did nothing, but they got, they scored, it wasn't a goose egg? Like, I don't, I don't get that thought process. So it's just one of those things. He had a bad game. He missed on all four of his targets. 
he catches three of those for 40 yards, we're not having this conversation today. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What, what player do you think has the biggest overreaction coming from week one that people are losing their minds over, but everything is actually okay. Oh, um, you know, a lot of people invest, a lot of people invested heavily in Mike Williams and I think his overreaction or his, his reaction is going to be one that's like, we know this is a Mike Williams thing. This can happen, but do we, do we care? Do we care? And I think a lot of people had Mike Williams being in the top 12 again. I think the only thing that saves him is that Keenan Allen is hurt and think people will think, Oh, he should get more volume. But um, I think the overreactions for, for Mike Williams. Um, I also think the overreactions, honestly, for Cam Akers. I, I think the Cam Akers one has been the hugest, the biggest, hugest, the biggest um, talking point. And I'm sorry, but as much as I'm down on Cam Akers, I am still not overreacting to the to the the, the fact that he got zero points. He didn't do what? anything. He didn't play. Like that's not going to happen all year. I'm telling you right now, it's not. I think I think with Cam Akers though, like I I do think that there is some overreaction with Cam Akers and 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 a lot of these players when it comes to the overreaction side, it's more like to me, like like you said with Devontae Smith, you're not dropping him. Sure, you can try and trade him at its lo- at his lowest value, but you're again you're not going to get the return on what you invested in Cam Akers or like one of those type of players that you drafted um, and invest. Like we're still in the point of the fantasy season where you're still you still have that in the back of your mind of where you drafted that player, where you invested in it. We're not at the point where week three, week four, week five, where you're like, okay, it's now time to set aside where I invest what I invested in them and start focusing on, do I have to move on? Do I have to drop this guy? Do I have to trade this guy? We're still early on enough to where you don't have to think like that. And with a guy like Cam Akers, especially you're not getting any running back. That's going to have the potential of what cam makers can do on the waiver wire. Sure. You can put them on your trade block, but again, you're not, you might not get what you invested in them. Um, you might not get that return. Um, so I do think there's an overreaction when it comes to like that kind of stuff. We're like, Oh, do I, should I consider dropping cam? Akers? No, you should never, you shouldn't consider be considering that this early. Um, but I do have, I do have the concerns. I think that is a, I think it is a real reaction. I think it's a, um, a warranted reaction for what cam makers brought, because again, I, I guess maybe it's like, it's not even a reaction on my end and maybe not on your end either, but like, cause with, with what we expected from cam makers this year, we talked about it last season. We talked about it entering this season. We thought that he came back maybe a little too early and you've brought up the, the concern of the injury of not necessarily re-injuring, but just the concern of something never feeling right again. And I just there's just something with it Cam Akers that is there that I don't think we're gonna see him return the value of what you where you drafted him. Um, well, let me let me ask you this question. This is a question for all fantasy owners that have Cam Akers. Um, if 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 Daryl if Daryl Henderson gets hurt, is Cam Akers not considered probably one of the best handcuffs to have in in the NFL? Correct. Are you rostering Alexander Madison? Are you rostering Tony Pollard? Are you rostering um, some of the other, you know, the backups of guys that yep. are, if you, they drop, they're going to be a top back. This is why you can't drop Cam Akers because Daryl Henderson has an injury history. And no matter what, even if you did to spend a third, a fourth, a fifth round pick on Cam Akers, yeah, you blew it. Yeah, whatever. Cam Akers is arguably the best handcuff in the NFL, which means if Daryl Henderson gets hurt, guess who slides in there? It's not Jake Funk. 
Kyron Williams is out for hey, the man. year. Who's it going to be? It's going to be Cam Akers, despite Sean McVay being upset at him, despite him looking slow or maybe not looking the same. Cam Akers is going to get that opportunity. So you have to put things into perspective. And I, I do disagree with you on one point. The draft is over. And you should not be deci- making decisions based on where you drafted a player at this point. Mm. You should be making decisions based on how you see a player going forward. And I think that's the biggest thing. Looking for a player going forward. When you start looking back, oh, man, I drafted him in the second round. You start finding yourself adding value to a player that may not be that value, and you can't move them in trades. Um, holding on to players too long when, when you should be letting them go. I think you have to look at all of it. I think you have to look at how they're being used, what kind of situation they're in. Um, just every aspect of the player versus just saying, well, I spent the second round pick on him. I can't, it can't be over already. I can't not do this. Like um, I would have. Concerns when he's had two good weeks, because you're not going to do that. You're going to look at your 14 round pick and you're gonna be like, you know what? I want the value now of a sixth round pick because he's playing like a sixth round pick. He's getting the volume of a sixth round pick. And so you can't, you got to have it. You can't have it both ways. You got to look at each player for what they are now and going forward. If you start looking back, I'm sorry, I don't even think about where I drafted guys anymore. As a matter of fact, I don't even know where I drafted half these guys anymore because I, think, I, think, I don't want to get caught up in, I spent a first round pick on this guy. I need first round value. No, you don't. You need value to make your team better. That's it. Yeah. Well, that, that I think you do still have to consider where you, where you drafted in this early because you have to remember what the what the investment really was in what you have what the player's ceiling is supposed to be because you don't week one like Ezekiel Elliott where did you draft Ezekiel Elliott probably third round so you I do think you have to consider you drafted him in the third round the investment is that you invested a third round pick in this guy that one you can't just drop a third round pick right now like not in week no but one. you could trade a third round pick for somebody that was drafted in the fifth correct that's that, that's fine if you if you see the potential in that fi- in that player that you drafted in the fifth is there i just think you have to still factor in the potential of these guys and and where you that's drafted what, that's what them. we're talking about the potential doesn't the draft pick doesn't doesn't speak to potential it, do, it does because I drafted Isaac. I drafted Ezekiel Elliott with the potential of him being that third round, having that third round type player production. That's what I. Yeah, that circumstances I are not the same now, Vinny. It, circumstances after, have changed after one week. Yes. Well, I can tell you if we're only using Zeke as specifically. Yes, Dak being gone, offensive line injuries. The circumstances in Dallas have changed. Zeke is no longer a third round pick. Okay. Circumstances have changed. That and the circumstances don't have to be necessarily be injury. They could be anything. Cam Akers also was drafted on potential, but his circumstances changed the minute that Sean McVay had questions and the Rams didn't use him. Those circumstances have now changed. If you don't shift, eat, Travis Etienne, the circumstances were high. But when you see James Robinson getting the bulk of the carries coming off an Achilles injury, those circumstances have changed. If you do not change your value, then you are getting stuck in the in this. I have to have the same value I had before the draft that I have after the draft. And that is not the case. Circumstances change every week. How big are those circumstances? And should they impact on how you, how you trade somebody or drop somebody? That's the question you're asking yourself. And on that same note, a James Robinson who was drafted so low, that's the only reason why you're excited about James Robinson. Because if James Robinson was drafted in the third round right now, I would have concerns about James Robinson. 
That's the difference because he only got 11 carries. He was fortunate to get in the end zone twice. If you take touchdown regression and eliminate those two touchdowns, he had an average ass game. And there are going to be players like that next week. James Robinson could literally have eight points and we could be having a completely different conversation about, about a guy that it returned value when week one, but may not if we go forward and people acquire him via trade. So those inflated prices as of somebody having a good week one or a good week two, uh, that's what you have to be wary of. So be careful when you're acquiring players that have maybe had a low draft value, but have had good week ones. That's where you want to, that's where you're talking about like, Hey, don't go crazy and think now an eighth round pick is a first round pick, but you also do have to look at going forward. Daryl Henderson has value now yeah. that if I have, if I'm a Daryl Henderson owner and I drafted him late as a handcuff, I'm not trading him late as a handcuff. I'm trading him as probably a fifth to sixth round draft pick as a running back. And most people I would tell you, don't buy it. If, I, if, I, if I'm, I'm on the other side of it, I'm not buying that Daryl Henderson value because I've seen too many times three weeks, then it's Cam Akers. So you have to be careful. That's why I say throw everything away. What is it going forward? Try to project that way. Like you're drafting all over again. It's almost that, that mindset of if you were drafting today, where would you take Zeke? If you were drafting today, where would you take James Robinson? If you were drafting today, where would you take Daryl Henderson? So basically I need to do a mock draft every week. That's what I'm getting at here. That's what I'm getting at here. You sold me when you brought up up the ETN and James Robinson thing because that's where that – you know how I feel about that. Um, Before we get into our waivers, I do just want to play a little game here. And this is a buy or sell game, a week one buy or sell fantasy reactions of players who maybe did good and you're buying that they're going to continue this trend – or players who did bad that you're buying or selling, whether that, that, that'll continue. Make sense? Let's do it. Fantastic. Michael Thomas, that last week he had the two touchdowns. Or did he have two touchdowns or one touchdown? I can't remember. Two. Let me, does, he had two. He had two, yeah. Two touchdowns, 57 yards, five receptions in the game against Atlanta. Are you buying or selling that this production will continue for Michael Thomas? I, I'm going to buy the production. Uh, because I think that's what his stat lines are going to look a lot like. So um, the, the touchdowns, obviously not going to score two touchdowns every week, but I do think he's a threat in the red zone. I do think five for 57 is about what he gets. So I, I'll buy the production uh, barring injury, obviously, and he's healthy, seems to be healthy. Um, and I, I usually don't say what if injuries. So yeah, I'll, I'll buy that production. I think he can get okay. back to being a wide receiver too. Um, perhaps. Um, if he gets enough touchdowns into that back end wide receiver one category. Okay. Cordero Patterson in the same game. Uh, he had 16 receiving yards, but he had 120 rushing yards, um, three receptions. He was same old Cordero Patterson that we saw last year. Crazy, crazy, crazy. This is another guy that he went undrafted in some leagues, very late draft pick because people didn't think he could do it again. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm buying that he can continue to do this. Um, from a production standpoint, again, I do have serious concerns about his long-term health, uh, being able to take that many touches over the course of the season. Again, we saw him wear down towards the end of last year. Um, but from a strict production standpoint, opportunity standpoint, he's going to get the ball because they don't have anybody else. Um, offensive line, it was a concern for me, but they ran against a really good Saints run defense. I'm buying, I'm buying Cordero Patterson being uh, a top running back. Not, not maybe not top 10, Maybe he finishes top 15, but um, running back is thin. I'm, I'm, I'm buying it. If you got Cordero Patterson uh, as a late round, if you did zero RB, I did zero running back in a league, 
one time, and I'm not a big fan of zero running back, but I did, and I drafted Cordero Patterson. I'm feeling real good right now. Let's just say that. Shout, shout out to the Falcons fans that have been commenting on our po- on our YouTube stuff about uh, Cordero Patterson this, Cordero Patterson that. Um, Damian Pierce in this game, buying or selling that this struggle, the struggles continue, and what happened with Rex Burkhead? Damian Pierce had 33 rushing yards on only uh, how many attempts did he have? Let's see here. I don't I don't get why Sleeper does not actually do attempts here, um, but he had 33 rushing yards on 11 carries. 33 rushing yards on 11 carries. Um, buying or selling uh, Damian Pierce? Am I buying Damian Pierce or you said? No, 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 no. The same, the same rules apply to still what I just said, like buying and selling. I will, sell, I will sell that Damian Pierce production continues to stay this way. Um, early in the season, you go with the veteran, the guy who you trust. It's Rex Burkhead in the passing game. The one thing I was surprised about, Rex Burkhead also out carried him 14. And then when it was late in the game, when they were up, they were running the football. It was Rex Burkhead, but he's inefficient. I don't see it continuing. Um, one of two things will happen. He'll get hurt or they'll get tired of, of being inefficient and they'll give Damian Pierce the ball. So okay. early in the season, you're going to have to hold Damian Pierce. Uh, don't drop him. Rookies tend to get more run as the season goes on. We don't expect Houston to be good. So when they get out of playoff contention, there's no reason to run Rex Burkhead anymore. It's Damian Pierce season. So I'm not too worried about Damian Pierce's one bad week. Okay. All right. Last but not least, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb. Now with Cooper Rush as his quarterback. I'm hitting you hard today. I'm hitting you hard today. Uh, Cooper, or not Cooper Rush, uh, CeeDee Lamb in this past week. Let me just double check what he had. Um, it wasn't a very good game. I know a lot of fantasy owners were not very happy with him. I just had his stats and I lost it. Wasn't much of anything. Nope. Yeah. CD Lamb, 29 receiving yards on two receptions. He had a lot of targets, though, but only two receptions and 29 yards. Um, I have serious concerns about CD Lamb, not just from a redraft perspective. I actually have serious concern about him from a dynasty perspective, which I thought, I think most people had him as a top five to top seven dynasty receiver. Um, I have concerns about him. I don't know if he's ever going to get to that point. Um, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't do everything you need to do to be an elite receiver in the NFL. Doesn't catch the ball consistently enough. Doesn't get open consistently enough. Uh, Great after the catch, but he just doesn't do enough for me to be a top wide receiver in dynasty formats and redraft. Um, I just have concerns because of the Cowboys. If you're the Dallas Cowboys uh, and you own any of the Dallas Cowboys, the only person that you might not have concerns. Did I cut out? Dalton Schultz. Yeah. So no, I, 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 I pieced it together. So basically you said the only person that you shouldn't have concerns with is Dalton Schultz on that Dallas Cowboys offense. That's what I, that's what I'm getting at here. Yeah. Yeah. That includes both running backs. That includes CD lamb, uh, Michael Gallup with without Dak Prescott, that offense obviously changes significantly. Um, despite what you may think about Dak Prescott or how he played in week one, the Dallas Cowboys are a shell of themselves without Dak Prescott. So uh, I do have some serious concerns about CD lamb, but again, what can you do? Can't trade him. Yeah. And maybe in a dynasty format, you could trade him because you, people still might see he has potential, but from a redraft perspective, what do you, you can't trade CD lamb. You spend a second round pick on him, made a third round pick on him, whatever it is. So 
Yeah. But didn't you just say that you could, that you don't have to worry about what you invested in them in, in terms of the draft? No, no you, you just can't get the return of the value that you're trying to get. So okay. like, All right. For, for C.D. Lamb, if you spend a second-round pick on him, you're expecting, what, 11, 1,200 yards, uh, nine touchdowns? If you can get return and you feel like that, you can get that return, then so be it. Good luck. But you're not going to get that return. When I say return on the draft pick investment, I'm talking numbers strictly, only not the actual draft capital itself. Would you trade – and obviously this is just a position-for-position position trade. Would you trade C.D. Lamb for Jerry Judy? Four receptions, 102 yards, and a tutty. No, I don't. I don't buy Jerry Judy. I don't buy that production. Okay. I, I liked Corlin Sutton better and more than Game One, and I still like him more. I think he's a better receiver than Jerry Judy. Ceedee Lamb for Christian Kirk. Six receptions, 117 yards. Didn't find the end zone for Jacksonville. That. I, I, um, I have to say that as my job as a host, I have to say what Christian Kirk did. It's actually close for me. It's not it's, it's, it's crazy as it sounds. It's actually really close for me. And I'm be honest, I probably would take Christian Kirk right now. Okay. I have and, serious uh, concerns about CD Lamb. And last one, this one may be the biggest telling this, uh, sign of CD of where you're at with CD Lamb. Trade CD Lamb for Gabe Davis. Four receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver. No, the volume. That's where I was getting at. Okay. Got it. That's where I wanted to go. All right. That does it for our week one reactions. Let's shift our attention to week two. And I know by the time people are watching this, they might have already been through their waiver wires. Um, but A, if you haven't been, and B, to see if you actually got it right with your waiver wire additions, um, we're going to break down Aaron's top five waiver wire moves. Aaron, who comes in at number five? Oh, uh, wait, before we go there, Ken, I just want to, uh, this is kind of a caveat. They're not, there's not a whole lot on the waiver wire this week. I just want, like week one usually has some big notable, like, oh, we got to go get those guys. Um, there's not a lot for me here. I don't think the injuries, where they happened, the the way things happen, I don't think there's that much significance um, on the waiver wire. So there might be players out there that are not on this waiver wire list that I have that actually will have an impact in the coming weeks. But from a long-term perspective, there is only, I think, two or three guys on this. List that I think as we talk, but so for me, it was it was pretty simple um, how I wanted to do this. My number five is a running back. It's uh, Jeff Wilson um, of the 49ers. And the reason it's Jeff Wilson and not Tyrion Davis Price or anything like that is because I think the first crack goes to Jeff Wilson being um being that next guy up. He played in a majority of the game when uh, Elijah Mitchell was out. Tyrion Davis-Price was a healthy scratch. They also had, um, what's that other guy's name? The rookie, that the other rookie that they had um, active. But I think a lot of that had to do with special teams. And both of these guys play special teams, whereas uh, Davis-Price does not play special teams. So I think that's, um, I think we've seen Jeff Wilson before. I don't think he's very dynamic. I don't think he's the best running back in that backfield, but I do think he's a good goal line threat. He's got experience. Um, so he's my number five. Again, I like finding running backs because running backs drop every week. So um, go go get Jeff Wilson if you want um, a, a, a chance at some production. I don't know. Again, this very well could be Tyrion Davis Price's backfield. I think Jeff Wilson does get the first opportunity to make it his uh, before they go all in on Terry Davis price. Yeah. 
Yep. And Dolan to Bailey, it is not Jacob Mason either. It's uh, Jordan Mason. He is a, like you, like you suggested, uh, an undrafted rookie uh, out of yeah. Georgia Tech. Um, yeah, he played, they, again, those guys are special teams guys, which is yeah. why I think Price was, was inactive. He'll definitely be active, but you still have to worry about that whole, what happened last year with uh, Trey Sermon type stuff. Yeah, as of right now, behind behind Jeff Wilson is Price and then Mason. So uh, Jeff Wilson slotting in at the number five spot. He's probably been the hottest name, though, that a lot of people have been talking about, obviously, because of the fact that Mitchell going down, he now steps in as the number one back. So when you sent me this list, I was a little surprised uh, at you having him at number five because the next man you have on this list is also a running back. Yeah, um, I don't like either one of these guys. I'll be honest. I wouldn't. I I didn't pick up any one of these guys in any of my leagues. I went Davis Price um, over uh, Jeff Wilson. I don't think he can last. Um, number four is Jalen Warren, and this is more of a just a speculative ad. To be honest, the reason I think I put him at number four is because I do think he has more long term value um, than a uh, Jeff Wilson. If Najee is out for any period of time, and I get it, everybody says it. They don't think the injury is significant. Um, but the ankle is not an ankle injury for, for Najee Harris. It's really that damn foot injury that he had in the preseason that has now been re-aggravated. And it's about how much he can actually take. And when do they decide, you know what, we're going to shut him down for a few weeks to see if he can get right before we put him back up in there. So um, Jalen Warren, I think, is is more of a speculative ad. I, th- I think we're unsure about what he gives you. We're not, we don't know much about him, but he played when Najee went out. He was the guy. So I think that he is going to be the guy if Najee misses time. And I'm more comfortable saying I'll take Najee Harris's backup, um, even if Najee Harris is healthy, than just take uh, Jeff Wilson because I've seen the Jeff Wilson experiment before. So you, so this is this this almost falls under that same category of where Alexander Madison is and. Um, and Tony Pollard and those guys. I mean, not on that same level. I don't want to say. Yeah, because I don't think level. I don't think this guy can but, can return RB two value with if Najee's gone. I think it's more of a probably a weekly flex play. Can Can Jeff Wilson return RB two value? Sure, for a week. Jeff Wilson does not have any long term sustainability to me. Okay, so this this I think this, Trey, this I think Trey Lance more... and Debo Samuel are going to be. A- problem than Jeff Wilson before in the past as a 49er and he hasn't been able to to he's had opportunities and he's never been able to sustain and and I so again I'm not I'm kind of over that experiment uh but if you need somebody for a week yeah go get Jeff Wilson he can he could probably win you week two yeah but after that then I, I could be concerned each and every week yeah it's not necessarily about whether it, it's not necessarily like if you if you need to go out and get a running back if you or if you're running back see their shit the bed or are hurt uh, after week one, you can go go get yourself a Jeff Wilson, and and then. But if you have if you had the luxury of having maybe a good set of running backs, and you could invest in a Jalen Warren, then that's kind of where you're at. Number three on the list, who you got? Yeah, number three for me uh, was hard because we I think people were so down on him coming into the year, but I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. Um, I like the deep ball aspect of Robbie Anderson um, with Baker Mayfield. I know Baker Mayfield likes to push the ball down the field. I think Robbie Anderson fits that. Uh, I was, I was encouraged by his usage and what he did in week one and give me some Robbie Anderson. Shouldn't surprise people. This is a guy who was drafted last year as, you know, as a possible wide receiver, three flex, something like that. So yeah, I don't think I've seen it. 
I, I don't remember, and maybe I, maybe this is just stupid to say, but I, I, I don't remember a player who had such a big drop off like Robbie Anderson had. Like he, I mean, he literally he was he was drafted last year, and not just drafted like a late late pick type of guy. Like I remember Robbie Anderson being drafted as like a wide receiver too at some point, like during during last year, and the and the thought and hope uh, was there for him, and now he went completely undrafted way down people's ranks way down in the ADP. And now he's, he's back. Robbie Anderson is back after this, after a good week two uh, against the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield. Um, I mean, Cleveland Browns, not without, you get what I'm saying. Um, at number two, who you got? Uh, this one easily could be the number one waiver wire pickup. Um, it's Jamal Williams and he should already be rostered, but some people, you know, they don't pay attention because they love DeAndre Swift so much. I love DeAndre Swift, um, but I do think that this could be a very similar situation to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Both of these guys are going to be valuable all season long. You can play Jamal Williams right now as a flex. This is Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. This is Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. This is a better situation than Madison and Cook and Pollard and Zeke. I would rather have DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams Um Jamal Williams is going to play. Detroit's focal point is the run game. They have a great offensive line, and they are going to run the football. And that includes Swift and Williams. They do not care whether it's around the goal line. They'll give it to Swift and Williams all day long. Um, give me some Jamal Williams. Uh, I, I think he should be probably the – he's definitely the number one running back if he's out there. Um, arguably – the number one can you repeat that said if he's not on a team right now go pick him up got it that that that's what i that's what i needed to hear um last week he was i mean he was very very efficient last week or not efficient he he saw a lot of the field i was trying to find his uh find his um snap snap percentage but i mean jamal williams ain't going away all you have to do is go look at the the leaderboard of uh of fantasy running backs and, and he was i mean he was up there yeah no i i i see that i i see that but i was just i was just wondering about like what his snap percentage oh i i, I see what you're saying now i see what you're saying uh jamal he, played, he only played 33 percent of the snaps which means again but th- but that's what so, you're getting here from i mean with the running backs that you're seeing on the waiver wire you're i mean other than jeff wilson that's pretty much what you're getting but it's just what you what the production that jamal williams brings with his 33% snap share that it, 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 that's what matters well i i will say this and then when you talk about total plays and 33% of the snap and i'm not sure how many snaps detroit had but in 33 snaps or 33% of those snaps he got 13 touches or looks I'll take 13 touches or looks, not to mention multiple red zone looks with two touchdowns like that. that I like that. That's what you're looking for. Obviously, all these backup running backs are, are backups for a reason. It, I do see a, a 60, 40, probably split between him and Swift. Um, but again, when he's in the game, they give it to him. That, and that's what you really want to look for. It's not necessarily snap percentage. As This is different than a wide receiver. Wide receiver snap percentage. Not only do you have to have the snaps, but you also got to be the, get the targets. With Jamal Williams, when he's in the game, they're giving him the ball. And I think that matters. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Last but not least, who comes in at number one on your waiver wire ads? Yeah, it might shock some people. I don't know how long he's going to hold up in the in the NFL this 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 year, but um Tulio Jones. 
Um, and this is a number of reasons why he's here. And, and I will tell you the reason. Um, part of that is because of Chris Godwin. And I'm sure a lot of people picked him up when Tom Brady got the call or they called Julio to come to Tampa just because of the what if factor. Um, but if he's out there, you got you have to go get him. I actually added him in a league um, and I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Again, I added him. And Cord- I, I added him, and I got Cordero Patterson. It's a it's a zero running back league. I just decided Jeez. to get Jesus. But I mean, again, when you run into a situation where you spend draft picks on Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes in a two quarterback league, so I have those four as my foundation of my team. I didn't have the opportunity to draft running backs or even really great other great wide receivers. So I drafted Cordero Patterson and I picked up Julio Jones and I'm feeling really good now if they can have some long-term sustainability, although they're older players and have some injury concerns, um, go out and get Julio Jones, especially with Chris Godwin. Now I think there's a big deal now that Godwin's going to be out maybe a little bit longer than we expected. I think the biggest thing with Julio Jones and this Buccaneers offense is the, the usage was there three receptions, two carries. Like it just seemed like they were trying to find ways to get Julio involved in that offense in that game against the Cowboys, even when Chris Godwin was in. Um, I think obviously Byron Leftwich likes him. I think Tom Brady likes him. And I think the biggest thing with it is that Tom Brady can, tr- like, this isn't just some young wide receiver that has to prove himself to Tom Brady and gain that trust. Like Julio Jones is a trustworthy wide receiver from jump street with Tom Brady. And I think that that is going, that plays a big factor in when judging what Julio Jones can do, um, and we saw it in, in week one with the, with his performance. And I do think that Julio Jones is a guy that should be rostered in 100% of the leagues uh, because of what he can bring to the table, especially with Chris Godwin out. Remember Russell Gage? <laughs> yep. Remember Russell Gage? That is uh, another fall off that I feel so. I, I still, I still will say this. Um, I still think Russell Gage will be a factor this year. They paid him really? too much money. I, yeah. I mean, Week well, this is what we do after week one. This is what we do. You take one week and we, we say, Oh my gosh, we're so worried. Russell Gage still played 40% of the snaps, and that was with Chris Godwin starting the game. Um, I now with Chris Godwin out, I expect Russell Gage to play more in that slot role where he's comfortable with with two great outside receivers and Julio Jones and, and Mike Evans. Um, I am not sold that Russell Gage is just gone. I, I think Russell Gage will be fine. So the hype train about Russell Gage might have. <laughs> what? What's so funny? You froze, and then literally you went. The hype train about Russell Gage is frozen, and be, then you came back straight face. He will be fine. He will be fine. We cannot just react to one week of not getting some targets. You uh. Like, I, you gonna you gonna throw in a waiver claim on Russell Gage, forty seven percent ownership. He should be owned in a lot more leagues. Okay, should he be owned as much as Julio? No. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's what I want to get at. All right, all right, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, that does it though for another episode of our fantasy drive presented by the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again with another with our with more fantasy talk on Sunday live at eleven a.m. Eastern time, right here on YouTube, giving you our starts. Our sits of the week. We've got our DFS plays. We've got Aaron's rankings. Oh, and so by the way, by the way, I'm I'm interrupting you. I won the DFS, just just so you know. It's a tough week. It's a tough week. I knew I was I, I knew I was uh 
I knew I was down once I changed James Robinson for my team. That's what I should have. I should have still played lost. Last no, last season I know I I, I had I had some things that I remember from last year in DFS that I should be playing with my heart more than oh my thinking gosh, too that much. That is the stupidest I should, thing I should, I've ever heard. No, hey, I, hey, I won DFS last year. Okay. Oh my god, I you sound like Bailey, bro. Nobody cares about last year. I'm just I'm just saying that was my strategy last year. I should have stuck with it this year, and I didn't. And now I'm down in the in the DFS, but it's okay. It's a long season ahead. I plan on coming back. Um, Bailey's you can check out those way, in our league, huh? Bailey's zero and one in our league already. His team sucks, bro. His team, yeah. he dude, yeah. He, him, and I were trying to discuss. He wanted he wanted to trade me Devonte Smith for Christian Kirk, and I was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'll pass Bailey. on that. Um, but if you want to hear more of our fantasy talk Sundays, if you want to see our picks in our DFS leagues, it's Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Tickety Talk at the Sac City Pod. Be sure to share, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mother, your sister, your daddy. Shout out AJ. Um, that's it. That's it. That does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. For our best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Sack City. Thanks for following wherever you download your podcast. You want to see what this city has to offer? Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best NFL content on the interwebs. Sack City, baby!